Good evening and welcome to a Saturday evening, July the 9th edition of the Christian Underground News Network. I'm your host, Kurt Chamberlain, um, along with our regular Saturday evening guest, Mr. Lucas Doremus, and we are delighted that you've joined us for uh, our ongoing study in the book of First Thessalonians tonight. We will be in chapters four and five, and if you're not extremely familiar with First Thessalonians and those chapters, you are going to really enjoy uh, the information that Lucas is going to put out tonight. This is really great stuff. Um, this is something that I call our blessed hope, and if you're born again, that's what you consider uh, tonight's subject matter, our blessed hope. So, Lucas, with that being said, please continue uh, with us and uh, guide us through chapters four and five, please, sir. Yeah, wonderful. Well, thanks, Curtis. And uh, this passage, we're going to start in First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse four, 13. And, uh, you know, if you're familiar with the Bible and things like that, this is a very famous passage. Um, but what we're going to do is, is we're going to try to just take this passage and prove what we can from this passage. Um, mm -hmm. Instead of immediately jump in and say, well, this is the rapture, and here's how we're going to study what the rapture is. Um, now, okay. you know, we've we've alluded to this. Uh, this passage has been referenced and taught on this podcast. So, you know, it's not anything. If you've been listening for a while, this will not shock you that we're going to say this is the rapture in this passage. Right, right. Um, but I know there are Christians that do not believe there's even a rapture. And right. there, there are other believers who we disagree on the timing of the rapture. And yeah. so we're going to do that. Now, to, to also give listeners a little insight, when I study a book or when I teach on a book, I should say, I, I do my best to try to stay within the book and just teach contextually what's there. Mm -hmm. Unless there's some sort of topic that, you know, we're going to elaborate on, which is actually going to happen next week. Uh, with the end of First Th Thessalonians, what we're going to do. But in this case, um, these two sections of Scripture that we're going to go over, there's a lot of background that actually goes goes into it. And so, just just reading this at face value, there's a lot of value in that. But there's also value in looking at what the rest of Thessalonians says, what the rest of the Bible says, contextually, what the Thessalonians were going through, um, right. and all that. Right. So. So we're going to start in chapter 4, verse 13. Brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. So first thing, fallen asleep, they, they died. And uh, so the whole point, what Paul is in doing here, introducing this, the whole point of hope to the people who are left on earth about their loved ones who have died. Right. Now, we know when they went through intense persecution. We've talked about that through this study. Uh, mm -hmm. We don't know if the ones who have fallen asleep here, if it's from that persecution or just through any other natural causes or anything else. Mm -hmm. So Paul's starting off this and he's saying, hey, those of you who have uh, people that you know that have died, um, I don't want you to be sad about it, and I don't want you to be like everybody else who has no hope. Now, who's the others that have no hope? Yeah, good question. Well, um, 
you know, back in, in that day, the pre prevalent religion would have been Greek mythology, Roman right. mythology. Right. Um, and so I know now I haven't studied this extensively, but from what I understand, they did kind of have a reincarnation sort of concept. They did, um, yeah, yeah. And and so there was also concepts that you know there there was there, there was the underworld, uh, and some things like that. Um, so, yeah. So I mean, it's something I again I just haven't studied what was there. But anyway, others just means anybody who's not a believer here. Right. Now, that's also going to become very important later uh, when we study some other verses here. Mm -hmm. So verse 14, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. Now, we talked about a verse last time in chapter 3, verse 8. It says, for now we live if you stand fast in the Lord. And we made the point that sometimes that word if in Greek, that's translated into English, is better translated since. since yeah. Now, so really this passage is probably better understood for since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even mm -hmm. so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. Now, uh, this is very important because this event that Paul is about to reveal here, mm -hmm. it is as sure as the resurrection. Right. So anyone that would say, I just don't believe this event even happens, it, it is akin to saying you do not believe Jesus rose from the dead. Now, I'm not accusing people that don't believe in this as being non-Christian. That's not at all what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is that Paul is staking the fact of what he's about to talk about on the resurrection of Jesus. Right. It is that sure, that certain, all those things. Mm -hmm. Now, even so, God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. Now, bring with him where? Right. Hmm. Well, let's find yeah. out. What are, what are we talking about? Mm -hmm. yeah. So verse 15, for this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we are who that we are who, sorry, that we who are alive and remain yeah. until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. So now we know that the Lord is going to come and he's going to bring with him those who sleep in Jesus, those who are dead. Those who have passed on before us. Yep. Now we know from Paul's letter to the Philippians that mm -hmm. he said for to be, uh, how does he say it, um, that, that to be with Christ is far better? Yeah, that, he said, for, for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. Mm -hmm. Because then he would be with Jesus, and he yeah. says, which is far better. Which is far better. Mm -hmm. So we know, and he's actually going to say this in a second anyway, but we know that when you die, you are with Jesus. Right. So... So now we know, okay, so now we're getting some revelation here. We know that those who are dead are with Jesus. And we know that Jesus, the Lord, is going to come, and he's going to come with those who are dead. Yeah. We also know that those who are alive are going to still remain. Well, remain where? Well, on the earth. There's on nowhere the earth. else to remain. Okay, so we've got dead coming somewhere. To, somewhere. We don't know where yet. <laughs> and we've got those who are not dead uh, remaining here on earth. Right. 
Let's keep reading. Verse 16. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven. Ah. So before we go on, now we know where they are coming from. Yeah. So those are who are alive. We're here on earth. We've got Jesus coming from heaven with all the dead. Um, actually, wait, we don't know if they're all dead. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God. Uh, I don't know how loud it's going to be, but it sounds loud, wouldn't you say? I, the whole world is going to hear it. Yeah. And they're going to be able to see it. Mm -hmm. So I would, I would imagine that the decibel level will be, well substantial yes <laughs> exactly yep um sometimes angels have uh, they're described as having voices as either many waters yes. or sometimes thunder things like yes. that yeah so you know think think of a you know a, a waterfall that's very loud mm -hmm. um think of the loudest thunderclap you've ever heard mm -hmm. um, and then imagine louder right um so yeah it's gonna be loud i don't know yeah, I don't know what it is, but it's going to be loud. And verse 16, the end of it, it says, and the dead in Christ will rise first. The, now, those born-again believers in the grave already here on earth will come out of the ground. Yeah, but there's a specific subset of those dead. Yes. The ones that are in Christ. That's right. Now, that phrase, in Christ, it is never used in the Old Testament. That's right. Israel and Noah, Adam, Abraham, and anybody before that, mm -hmm. no one is ever said to be in Christ. No. In Christ is a, you know, from Acts onward. Yeah, strictly. Uh, yeah. Yep. And so now we know that it's not everyone who's dead. No, it's only those dead in Christ. In mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Right. So now this is where it helps to kind of have that. Uh, where Israel is different from the church. Right. Ram with the church that is different from Israel. Mm -hmm. um, and so the dead in Christ will rise first. So we are who are alive and remain. Well, we're all part of the church or yeah. alive and remaining. We're not a part of Israel. Right. Uh, we're not. Now, Abraham's descendants, literal, you know, genealogical Israel, they still exist. That's right. <laughs> but we, any believer now, we are part of the church. We are in Christ. Mm -hmm. So we've got Jesus coming from heaven <laughs> with the dead in Christ, believers from this age. Yeah. And you've got the dead in Christ will rise first. So, yes, you've got. I don't, I don't know how this is going to look, but somehow the bodies, something's going to reconstitute and go up. They're coming out the ground, baby. Yep. Coming now, out of the ground. Yep. Now, we've been in the church age for, what, 2,000, almost 2,000 some years. Yes. So there are plenty of believers' bodies who have completely disintegrated. Oh, yes. So Long, long time ago. Well, yeah, very long time ago. So... How God's going to do all this, what it's going to look like, I don't know. I just know well, something. You he's, know. The, he's the creator of every atom and molecule. Right. Uh, he knows where they're all located, every one of them. That means the ones that are you, whether mm -hmm. you're alive or whether you're dead, he knows where all of you is at yep. all times. 
and nothing's impossible with it. Nothing yeah. is impossible. That's exactly right. Okay. Um, I, I don't know, Curtis, because it says the dead in Christ will rise first. Mm -hmm. So does that mean right before what, what's going to happen in the next verse? What's going to happen? Do we get to watch some of this happening? You know, again, know. again the whole world is going to see Christ mm -hmm. return you know, in the heavens. They're going to see him, everybody. They're going to hear the trumpet. Everybody's going to hear it. And will we be not... It, this this takes place awfully quickly. It says in the moment in the twinkling of an eye. Mm -hmm. um, will that be humanly possible to see? I don't know. Yeah. I would think that it probably would be. So we might get a brief flash, a brief glimpse of those believers that have passed on before us, their bodies reconstituting and rising to meet their spirits that are mm -hmm. with Christ already. We may get a brief glimpse of that before we're called up. Yep. Wouldn't that be glorious? It's possible because if the dead in Christ rise first, well, then something's got to come second. Yeah, I mean, how instant is it going to be? I don't know. Well, um, the twinkling of an eye has been measured scientifically. Did you know that? No. That's right. And it, it boils down, I can't remember the exact figure, but I'll find it, and we'll, we'll put that out next segment. But it, it boils down to, like, the millionths in nanoseconds. That's mm -hmm. how quick the eye twinkles. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I can't remember what they call that function uh, in the secular scientific world, but I'll look it up, and I'll find it. That's It's awfully cool. quick. Yeah. So who knows? And I, I kind of think about it like this. Well, you know, all the earth isn't lit up by the sun at one time. No, it's not. Which means what side of the earth is going to be facing the sun when this happens? But you're right. Still, everybody's going to see it. Everybody's going to hear it. So does that mean uh, everybody asleep is going to get woken up? And if, uh, it's a, if it's a twinkling of the eye, it's already happened. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah, just some interesting things about how the details of it works. That's right. We're, we're not given those specifics. That's okay. Yeah, we can't, but mm -hmm. uh, neither can we give the most important specific, but you're going to get to that. Because we're, now we're moving on to the next first. Okay, so we got, we got believers who are remaining. Yeah. We got Jesus with the dead in Christ, church-age yep. believers coming from heaven. Right. And then we've got bodies being reconstituted and being brought up, mm -hmm. brought up where? Oh, well, let's read verse 17. Then, then we who are alive and remain, so that's who us who are not dead, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So now we've got the, the fuller picture here. Got people still on earth. You got Jesus coming back with all the dead in Christ. Yeah coming to the clouds yeah. you've got bodies of those dead in christ going up to the clouds meeting i guess the souls yeah. uh do they have some sort of temporary body i don't know it's not mentioned and then right after that we are alive right we're gonna meet all of that in the clouds yeah that's right sometimes it's referred to as the great reunion yeah because <laughs> remember how did paul start off this passage it's a hope to those who are missing, those who are dead. 
That's right. How long will we be in those clouds and in the air? Will we see everyone and then immediately go back into heaven? Uh, you know, I don't know that. Um, doesn't say how long we're going to be there. No, it does not. Um, now, do we carry that twinkling of the eye? Do we just carry that through the entire event? Or, you know, I don't know. And uh, But the next verse, or the next sentence, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Amen. <laughs> what a... <laughs> What a wonderful thing. <laughs> yes, indeed. That uh, we're never going to be separated from Jesus ever Amen. again. Amen. Okay, now, we just went through that event. We've got uh, locations of what's happening, um, of when this has happened. Now, the reason this is called the rapture is because I think it's in the Latin translation. That word caught mm -hmm. up mm -hmm. is translated harpazo. Harpazo. Which, or that's the Greek word, which I think the Latin word is then raptura or something very close to that. Yeah, and so, rapturo. Yep. And so this is one mm -hmm. of those cases where if someone would say, well, the word rapture is never found in the Bible. <laughs> Right, but the event we call the rapture was just yeah. described. Yeah, it certainly was. You know, so we've got all these things happening. And and furthermore, this event, which we just described, it's all just as sure as Jesus dying and rising again. Absolutely it, there, there is no shadow that this won't happen. You know, no shadow of doubt, not a thing. That's right. Verse 18, therefore, so because this event is going to happen, comfort one another with these words. Mm -hmm. Okay. How comforting is it to know that we're always going to be with the Lord when this event happens? Incredibly comforting. Mm -hmm. Now, jump back to chapter 1, verse 10. Now, we made this point way back when we taught this. Chapter 1, verse 10 says, and to wait for his son from heaven. I wonder what event Paul was alluding to there. Well, the rapture we, we the one we're reading about in chapter four. The one we just described. Perfect. Whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus who delivers us from the wrath to come. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. so when now we've got a little bit of timing here. When is this gonna event happen? Well it's Boy, gonna happen. It, yeah. It's gonna happen before the wrath to come. Okay, so what, what? Hold on, Lucas. What do you, what do you mean by the wrath to come? What did what did Paul mean? Well, we're going to get to that. Except, let's turn to Revelation nineteen. Okay, because we are going to get to that wrath to come thing just here in a second. Okay. Now, verse nineteen or chapter nineteen of Revelation, verse eleven. This is the great passage about Jesus coming back. Now, this is describing Jesus coming again. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah. the question is: Is what Paul just talked about in Thessalonians is that the same thing as what's happening here? That's the question. Okay. So, verse eleven. Now, I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. Well, Paul didn't mention a horse. Now, just because he didn't mention it doesn't mean it's not going to happen. He just didn't mention it. And he who sat on him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness, he judges and makes war. Mm. Well, wait a minute. Didn't Paul just talk about this being a comfort and a hope? Yes, to those believers mm -hmm. in him. 
But to unbelievers, what are they doing? If they have no hope, what are they going through? Mm-hmm. Let's keep reading. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his heads were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies of heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on a white horses. Now, are the armies the same ones as the dead in Christ? You know, uh, we don't know that for sure. However, um, one could, I think, reasonably assume uh, that it might be because Mm -hmm. I know, well, I know even when I was in the military and went to war, uh, we had a a civilian contingency with us also who were there for support. Maybe believers that have passed on are in the rear with the gear while the armies of heaven come back to make war. Mm -hmm. So maybe it is the same event. Maybe not. Maybe not. Let's keep reading. Okay. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations. Mm. And he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. He Mm. himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath Mm. of Almighty God. Mm. So Jesus coming back here, oh, this is to execute wrath. Oh, so. So hold on. If in Thessalonians, the event Paul talked about is to rescue us from wrath. Right. Well, this event, it would be a little odd for this to be talking about the same event. I couldn't agree with you more. All right, let's keep going. And he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. All right, we're going to drop down a couple of verses. Um, verse 19, and I saw the beasts, and I saw the beasts, the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him who sat on the horse and against his army. Okay, so where is the beast and the kings of the earth? Oh, of the earth. So where are they? Uh, They're earth. on earth. Yeah. Where's Jesus? He's in the sky. In the clouds. Uh, let's see, verse 20, then the beast was captured and with him the false prophet who worked signs in his presence by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshiped his image. These two were cast alive into the lake of fire burning with brimstone and the rest were killed with the sword which proceeded from the mouth of him who sat on the horse and all the birds were filled with their flesh. Yep. Well, to me, it sure sounds like uh, this is not much of a comfort. No, uh, no it sounds it sounds like a war. There, what John was seeing there was uh, an image of Christ coming back uh, at some point. Well, at the end of the Battle of Armageddon, his mm-hmm. return to to defeat the army means it's the end, folks. He's going to speak you out of existence. You lose. Mm-hmm. You lose, unbelievers. I'm sorry, but you lose. Uh, this is what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, if we're not appointed to wrath as believers, then we're not going to witness the wrath unless, since we've been raptured 
beforehand, mm -hmm. maybe we're part of the army. Yep. Now, to, <laughs> one kind of before we get to that, one kind of funny story is I read this story to my kids, and we got to the and all the birds were filled with their flesh. Yeah. And, and one of my and one of my sons goes, Dad. When I get old, I know how I'm going to tell people about Jesus. I'm going to say, you better believe in Jesus or you'll be eaten by birds. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, like, eh, how, how much more accurate do you want? Yeah, to like, be? Eh, well, I don't know if I'd do it that way, but that is one way to do it. Um, but, you and uh, Alfred it, Hitchcock, son, yeah. You and Alfred Hitchcock have the same idea. <laughs> the birds, there you go. Um, but uh, on a, you know, that's kind of funny. That's something my son said. But at the same time, if the rapture would happen today, yeah, and and it could, the, 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 the yeah, and and actually, we're we're not so much going to talk about imminency, but it could, and we and we've talked about that on this podcast. So, oh, um, um, if the rapture would happen today, the wrath of God is going to start soon. And we're oh. going to get to that in First Thessalonians second. There's going to be a whole lot of death, oh, yeah. and if you would make it to the end, mm -hmm. that is what would happen to you. Yes. So if you're listening to this, we don't want you to be a part of any of that, even no, if the rapture doesn't happen for another hundred, two hundred years. That's right. We don't want you to have to be a part of that. We don't want you. Yeah, yeah. We want you to place your faith in Jesus, who died and rose from the dead for you. Amen. And then you will be rescued in this rapture event. Amen. So, so go back to First Thessalonians. Mm -hmm. So now that we've contrasted the two events of Jesus coming back, mm -hmm. now also, oh yeah, we forgot to mention. Sorry, we forgot to mention this. Um, there is no mention of in Revelation 19 of people that are on Earth going up to meet Jesus. No, there's not. There's no mention. Now the other thing is. And the armies of heaven, yeah, we're not given an exact idea of who that is. Right. But it did say that we'll always be with the Lord. That's right. So if Jesus is coming back to earth, where are us church-age believers going to be? I think we might be part of the army. We might get to, we, we might be uh, privileged to be part of the wrath bringing uh you you think about all the persecution that we've gone through mm -hmm. as christians over the centuries well since since christianity began think about all that persecution and god reminding you the whole time vengeance is mine saith the lord mm -hmm. i shall repay and you're gonna get to see it and not only are you going to get to see it, but you may get to be a part of it. Mm. We don't know that yet. Mm -hmm. We don't know that for sure. But here's into yep, and and uh, we may. It's, I think it's very possible we will be part of it. I think so too. Um, and you know what? To to parents out there, here's some things when you're when you're telling Bible stories to your kids, which you should. Here's how you can make it interesting to the kids. He asked him, you know what? What would you like to do in heaven? You know what I always say to my kids? I go, I want to run as fast as Elijah did because he was able to outrun horses All right, and just give me a flying horse. Yeah. Those are, those are the two things I want in heaven. Okay. Yeah, I'm good, you know. yeah. 
And then, and then I say, well, you know, kids, if we're going to be on a horse coming back to Earth, what's your horse going to be named? Yeah. And see, you get kids involved in the story. Sure. Sure. And you get these ideas. There's nothing unbiblical. Young minds can see it more clearly than ours can sometimes. That's right. And see, you get them involved in these stories. There's nothing unbiblical or anything by going, you know, if you're going to be on a horse, what's your horse named? Yeah, you're going to be able to name your horse. And if you can, mm-hmm. what are you going to name it? That's right. Maybe God will name it for you. But you know what? We Maybe. just ask and it gets them involved. So anyway. Okay. So point is. Those two events are different. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they they, they just have to be different. Um, so let's go back to First Thessalonians uh, chapter 5. So now, uh, this is a logical place for a chapter division, uh, but uh, sometimes these chapter divisions, and if you have a Bible that has headings like mine, sometimes it kind of messes us up. The right. reason it's a very natural division is because the first word of chapter 5 is but. But so I uh, know Pastor Dick just did a a uh, podcast on that a few weeks ago, and yeah, but I'm is a word of yep. Yeah. But is a word of contrast. Mm-hmm. So already we are clued into okay. I was talking about that. Now by way mm-hmm. of contrast, I'm going to talk about something else. Okay. Yeah. So here we go. Uh, chapter 5, verse 1. But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly. Ah, before we get to the next phrase. So Paul taught this. <clears throat> this is not the first time that these Thessalonians had heard this doctrine. Oh, of course. You know, so so yeah. this is now, it was written down here, but Paul talked about this. Right. Okay. That the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. Okay, the day of the Lord. Now, there are some words in the Bible or phrases that have meaning and get developed over the course of the Bible that when we get to them, we can't just put a meaning into these words. Mm -hmm. Turn to Matthew. Matthew chapter 3, and I'll give you an example, and then we're going to read about this day of the Lord. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 2, this is John the Baptist talking, and he says, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Mm-hmm. Now, that word kingdom, now remember, now I, I like to point this out. Um, if you want to, you know, put, if, if you got a finger in uh, Acts 2, and then bring that, and then, so put a finger there, and then turn to Revelation 4. And if you do this, if you don't have your Bible, you know, or you're driving, whatever, you know, don't crash or anything. But if you take that, and you just hold up your Bible, look how small that is. Yeah. That is very small compared to the rest of the Bible. Sure is. Now, the reason I'm making that point is because most of the Bible is about Israel. Yeah, most of it is, yes. And so if you take about Acts chapter 1 and go all the way back to Genesis 12, mm-hmm. that's the section about Israel. Yeah. Okay, so. yeah a, a, a very good Bible teacher that I respect uh, broke it down this way. The Old Testament is a story of a nation. Mm-hmm. The New Testament is the story of a man, Jesus Christ. So the nation in the Old Testament is Israel. In the New Testament, it's a story of a man, 
Jesus Christ. And uh, he, he liked to delineate it that way to break it down a little bit. Make, it makes that bifurcation makes it a little easier to understand yeah. the division and, yep. and why there is a division. Yep. And so the, the reason I bring that up, and that's an excellent way to describe it, too, is when we see this phrase kingdom of heaven, mm -hmm. we cannot just pour whatever meaning into it that we want. Right. That kingdom and heaven have been well defined and built up through the entire part of the Bible. Now, you wouldn't open a novel halfway through and start reading and go, gosh, this doesn't make any sense. Because right. that novel is going to use phrases and terms that have been developed through the whole thing. That's correct. Okay. So this word kingdom of heaven has already been defined. So when Jesus and John show up both saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, they are talking about the kingdom that has been defined in the Old Testament. Right. Okay. Now, so I say that to say, turn to Isaiah 9, or 13, excuse me, to Isaiah 13. Verse 9, that's where I got the 9 from. So what's this day of the Lord about? Well, again, this is a phrase that we cannot just pour whatever meaning we want into it. Now, also remember, Paul started this section by saying, but. So we've already got an indication that the event, the rapture he just talked about, is contrasted with what he's now going to talk about, the day of the Lord. Isaiah 13, verse 9. Behold, the day of the Lord comes. Cruel. Oh, that doesn't sound like comfort or hope. No. With, with both wrath. Now, I know that the New Testament and Old Testament were different languages, but it's interesting that the Old Testament is talking about wrath, and the New Testament also talks about wrath. Same terminology. Okay. And fierce anger to lay the land desolate, and he will destroy its sinners from it. For the stars of heaven and their constellations will not give their light. The sun will be darkened and it's going forth, and the moon will not cause its light to shine. That kind of sounds like some of the things that happen in Revelation, doesn't it? It certainly does. Uh, verse 11, I will punish the world for its evil and the wicked for their iniquity. I will halt the arrogance of the proud and I will lay low the haughtiness of the terrible. I will make a mortal more rare than fine gold and a man more than the golden wedge of Ophir. Boy, there's going to be a lot of death in, the, in this yeah. event. Yeah. Uh, Verse 12, I will make, uh, no, I read that, verse 13, excuse me. Therefore, I will shake the heavens, and the earth will move out of her place. Boy, that sounds a lot like an earthquake, doesn't it? It does. Which talks about an earthquake in Revelation. In the wrath of the Lord of hosts, and in the day of his fierce anger. So that's the day of the Lord. Now, the day of the Lord is described many other places in the Old Testament. But that's a good primer for what we're about to read in Thessalonians. So go back yeah. to Thessalonians. Now, with that background, this day of the Lord is not a pretty event. It is contrasted with what Paul just talked about in chapter 4. Mm -hmm. And it, the day of the Lord, verse 2, so comes as a thief in the night. Now, a thief comes unexpectedly. Right. Well, wait a minute. Who is it unexpected to? Well, people that aren't watching for a thief. That's right. Hmm. Okay. Verse 3. For when they... Hmm. Now, so far up to now, we've been talking about us, believers, in Christ. All yep. of a sudden, now we have for when they... Mm -hmm. Who's the they talking about? Actually, we're going to keep reading before we okay. figure that one out. 
For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape. Now, Curtis, I know you're itching to talk about that. We're going to come back to it. <laughs> Verse 4. But you, brethren. Oh, so who are they? Mm. Well, not brethren are not in darkness, so that this day should not, should overtake you as a thief. That's right. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of the darkness. That's right. So who is they? Unbelieving, Un the unbelieving world. Unbelievers. That's the one that this day of the Lord is going to come as a thief in the night, yeah. not to believers. Right. Okay, now let's... there's not a one of us that'll go. What the? Yeah, uh -huh. no, we're not gonna. That's not gonna be a surprise. Mm -hmm. So but verse three, unbelievers oh. will be though, won't they? Mm -hmm. So now, boy, we could do a whole podcast on this, and we're not. But uh, for when they say peace and safety, oh boy, um, you know, I, Curtis, let's attack the the peace part, um. <laughs> don't we? You kind of don't you kind of get the feeling that there's actually a lot of wars happening all over the world, skirmishes and things like that. Um, just that the news doesn't report. Um, I, I'm oh not, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not saying any more than they happen. There's skirmishes and things like that. Oh, certainly. Don't you kind of get the feeling that uh, the media and all that tries to tell us all that's bad, and we just got to get along? Well, of course, that's the uh, that's the prevalent uh, belief or thought form about war. Yeah, that's yep. terrible. We shouldn't have boo war, boo. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I agree. I've been in one. Yeah, I participated I in one, and it wasn't any fun. Okay, nope. so I, I agree. It, it's not a good thing. But <laughs> you're getting you're driving at something here. So, so now, so that's kind of the war end. Now, this, uh, socially speaking, oh, aren't we told we've got to be tolerant and accepting well, and at peace with everybody. I don't know. Let's see. Does it say that in the Bible? I don't think. I think it says to love one another. You know, mm -hmm. but um, now I don't think it says to be tolerant of sin. Yeah, it does say to, uh, as far as it depends on you, be yes. at peace with everybody. Yeah, um, peaceably with all men if you can. Yep, that is not what's being pushed on us, though, culturally. No, culturally what's being pushed on us is, uh, is something called social justice mm -hmm. and, and equity and, and all of those things. Uh, that's that's the basic humanistic new age thought mm -hmm. form that's being shoved down our throats, whether we like it or not. Yep. Um, I'll, I'll use this. There's multiple ways you could give an example, but I'll use this one. Um, I don't personally know anybody that is racist. <laughs> that I that I interact with now I have uh, I have been to places where the racism is very thick. Um, and so there are peace people I have encountered that are racist, racist. So I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but anyone where I live, I don't know anybody. Yeah. 
But yeah. if I read the news, I'm being told constantly that I am racist. Well, yeah, because you know you you've inherited that. So it must be in your DNA, right? Yeah. They try to you're, push that. Oh, um, your forefathers were slave owners, and well, okay, yeah, shame on them. Doggone! I, I wish they hadn't done that. I really do. I wish they hadn't done it, but they did it. it but I also know it's history, and a doggone it, you either learn from it or you don't. And then you get over it, you move on, for crying out loud. That's what history is there for. So, yep. um, yeah. So just, isn't it interesting that Paul says specifically here for when they say peace, um, we're being, that's being pushed on us. Now, sure I, I'm not saying that's a recent development. I'm just oh, saying it is being pushed. It, it's been yeah. in the it's been in the works for many 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 years. The U the UN and that's why the UN exists. The United mm -hmm. Nations exists to promote the peace and safety of the world's population. Well, at least that's what they say. Which, anyway. which is sort of interesting, if considering how many wars the UN has been a yeah, part of. But yeah, that's a that's a whole other the thing dichotomous, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, all right. Now let's peace and safety. Now, I, I, you know, this has been going on a while too. Um, but back in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, uh, mm -hmm. you know, th there was a big health care bill passed. Uh, I think it was called the Affordable Care Act, uh, short name Obamacare. Never heard and, of it. And, <laughs> and I remember, even back then, uh, I was still in college at the time, but even back then, I do remember one of the big issues was uh, health insurance and pre-existing conditions. Yes. Um, so isn't it interesting that this safety, the government's trying to create this safety that we should never be sick, or if we do get sick, we should always have it paid for. Unless. Uh, uh, well, yeah. So now, so, so that's, you know, that's going history. Now, over the past two years, boy, safety has been a big topic, hasn't it? <laughs> We're, don't, get, don't get me started, dude. Yeah. I mean, it just, uh, you know, and, and I, I don't know, because we talk about that sort of thing on the podcast a lot so but yeah. just you know it's, it's it's very interesting that safety this issue of safety comes up so much in our day now to, to sort of bring these two together with with another example peace and safety have you noticed curtis that over the past however many decades especially the last two most inventions or new things are all about convenience yeah um, I remember reading a book, and one book point the book made was, how many new things have we been able to do in the last, say, 50 years? You oh, know, whereas, uh, before, whereas before of that, you know, we had refrigeration and airplanes and, and this sort of thing. Yeah. M most of the things that are happening in the modern day are all about convenience. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, so that's just interesting. Peace and safety, well, you don't even have to leave your house. You can hey. just order what you need. We'll drop it off by drone, and you'll be peaceful and safe. May I ask a question about safety? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> In order for safety to be such a a 
priority or prevalent focus the world over, what what would why would it become such a focus? I would I think it's because the world has been made afraid. Mm-hmm. Fear has gripped the entire planet somehow. Wonder I wonder why that is. Oh, I know. Yeah, because the unbelieving world, that's what they're destined for. And now God has not given us a spirit of fear, has he? Yeah, that, uh, what a great segue, uh, Curtis, <laughs> because the next part of this yeah. verse says, then yeah. sudden destruction comes upon them as labor pains upon a pregnant woman. So uh, you've, So it's sort of like what you said. You've got this cycle where you've got unbelievers sinning. Mm-hmm. And and you've got other unbelievers to uh, I'll say this quote fix the sin uh, mm-hmm. they commit more sin uh, which you know sin leads to bad things anyway but you've also got God's judgment on that sin and so yeah. you've you've got this cycle where these labor pains as we uh-huh. know contractions they get worse and closer together as they move on. You've got these things happening. You've got this compounding effect of sin, sin, more sin, God's judgment, more sin, more judgment. And boy, it sure does feel like a labor pain sort of thing. Uh, well, then the water breaks. What happens? Yeah, well, we'll hold on. We're not to the water breaking yet. Um, <laughs> okay, all right. And so, you know, I, I will say that even, you know, I'm in my mid-30s. Um, but I will say even 10 years ago, you know, we are not discussing discussing issues now that were even thought about ten years ago. That is so true. And, and you know, you and you know, you could say that twenty years ago or thirty. You know, you could say all those same things. So there is almost this. There is definitely an acceleration now. Oh, it, using the the term acceleration, how fast can it get? <laughs> you know, I mean, th- th- that's that's the tension, right? Is well, the, the, speed, the speed with which I've witnessed it happening, I, I wouldn't have thought possible. Mm-hmm. Just, just five short years ago, I wouldn't have thought it possible. Mm-hmm. But uh, again, I, I've sort of made this point before. As far as, you know, how bad things can get, well, there were only eight believers left on the planet when there was a flood. That's right. So I'm not saying that'll happen again. I'm just saying God can work through very few people. Oh yeah. Um, yeah so, yep. So when the rapture happens, there may be parts of the world that they hear this sound, yeah. and it's sort of a "What was that?" and then they go back to bed. Sure. And they're not. There are not enough believers around them that they even know something occurred. True. Now, and you know the way the media is, uh, the rapture could become a conspiracy theory. Can I say lie. it that way. Don't lie about it. Because mm-hmm. they're not going to be honest. Yeah. yeah. And, and if you don't know that there aren't a lot of people around you that are suddenly gone. Yeah. Well, why would it, you suspect? It may not affect you. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, right. so just, you know, as this, this peace and safety, sudden destruction, you know, this is just happening. Um, mm-hmm. Now, notice this. And they shall not escape. God's prophesied it. It's going to happen. Now, the peace and safety, what's that? That's trying to escape it. 
(laughs) And it's not happening. And so you end up committing more sin, trying to fix your sin, which gets you more judgment. And, you know, it's just sort of this thing that's happening. Yeah. Okay. So that's what's going on to they in the day of the Lord. Verse four. But you, brethren. We'll keep reading this here, even though we already read it once. Are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. Now, that word overtake, it can also mean seize. Mm-hmm. Now, back up in verse 17 of verse chapter 4, that word caught up, guess what it can also mean? Seize. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, it is different Greek words, but the point I'm making is they can be synonyms. Right. Which means we're going to be seized in one event to go up to the air, but we're not going to be seized by the day of the Lord. Right. Well, that very strongly suggests the timing of the rapture he just talked about. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, okay, should not overtake you as a thief. Now, we already pointed out a thief comes in an unexpected <laughs> time, meaning we as believers should be expecting it. Uh, if you are listening to this podcast, you are expecting it <laughs> because we talk about it all the time. Yeah. Uh, okay, verse 5. You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Now, just as an aside, when is it easy to see what's going on? During the day when it's light. When is it not easy to see what's going on? During the night when there's darkness. Yeah. Verse 6, so because of all this, everything we just said, therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. Verse 7, for those who are asleep, sleep at night, and those who are drunk, get drunk at night. Notice both of those things happen during the night, and he just said, we're the sons of light and the sons of the day. Yeah. So don't sleep, don't just sleep through things and not pay attention. And don't get drunk, meaning uh, you you lose you you lose your mind. Can I say it that way? Simply, yeah, so. lots of things happen, but maybe that's a good way to say it for now. Verse eight: But let us who are of the day be sober. Sober means basically in your right mind. That's right. You're thinking straight, putting mm-hmm. on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. Yeah. Verse 9, for God did not appoint us to wrath. Well, I think over the past, you know, 50 minutes or so, we've done a good job defining when the wrath is going to happen. Yes. The wrath is the day of the Lord. Uh, The wrath is before uh, the day that we're not going to be overtaken us. That's right. Verse 9, but to appoint a, to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, these people are already saved. Yeah. Now, a synonym of the word salvation would be rescue. Right. Another synonym of the word salvation is deliver. Yes. So if I read it like that, for God did not appoint us to wrath, but to obtain deliverance or rescue. Yeah. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. We'll go back to chapter 1, verse 10. And to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, who delivers us for the wrath to come. How is he going to deliver us? How are we going to be saved from it? How are we going to be rescued from it? We're going to be caught up in the air and always be with the Lord. Now, 
quick connection, I kind of mentioned before, how long are we going to stay in the air? Well, just looking at Revelation 19, the verse we looked at, although there's other things you could study, Jesus is coming from heaven to earth, which means if he came down to the air, at some point he had to go back to heaven in order to come from heaven back to the earth again. That's right. And so we are going to be taken up to meet the Lord in the air. We're going to go to heaven, which is going to deliver us from wrath the day of the Lord. Yeah. And I'd say just using this passage and these two things he's talking about, I think we pretty pretty handily proved that this event, the rapture he talked about in chapter 4, happens before the day of the Lord. Agreed. Now, you could get much deeper into it, um, but I'd say that's actually pretty good right there. I think structurally, uh, you've made a sound argument based solely upon Scripture. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. So let's finish this out. Chapter or chapter ten, or excuse me, chapter five, verse ten. Who died? Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, whether, meaning whether we are alive or dead, right. we should live together with Him. Well, yep. if we're dead, we're going to be literally living together with Him in heaven. Yeah. yeah. But if we're alive, we're going to be with Him uh, in spirit. Yeah. He's here. Uh, we're going to walk after him. Uh, he's a part of our lives, those sorts of things. Verse 11, therefore, so because of all that, because we're going to obtain this rescue, comfort each other and edify one each and one another, just as you also are doing. Mm-hmm. So just as, so this is the same comfort that he mentioned in the end of chapter four. Now, yeah. if we weren't being delivered from the day of wrath, that would not be very comforting. So, so, so just as a logical argument, which we've already kind of made, it wouldn't be much of a comfort to have to go through the wrath of the day of the Lord and then be rescued. Yes, none at all. Yeah. You could even make the case, what would you even be, re- be being rescued from right. at that point if you have to go through the day of the Lord? Right. So... Gosh, I love studying it. It was great to get into it with this passage. We're going to stop oh, yeah. there. Um, we will finish out First Thessalonians uh, next week. And actually, boy, Curtis, I love the end of this book because it's just, you know, advice for living, exhortations, you know, admonishments, whatever you want to call it. Just bam, right. bam, bam, bam at the end yeah. of the book. It's pretty um, rapid fire yeah. from, about, uh, from about verse 16 on. Yep, and I would wager that if you just read verse 12 to the end of the book every day, that'd probably keep you pretty on track. I would think so. So, so yeah, we're going to have some, some, some fun with it next week. But, uh, but that was fun. I think we'll end it there. Okay. Wow. Wow. Okay. See, th- this is why we call it our blessed hope. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Lord. The Lord has not appointed us to have to take part in any of his wrath and his vengeance. Why? Because we're his sons who would do that to their son. Nobody in their right mind would do that to their own son. So we're his sons. And he's taken us out before all of the bad stuff happens. And we may get to see some of the peripheral stuff we may have to witness some of that 
which won't be pleasant, but his wrath, the 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 meat and taters of his wrath, no, we don't we don't get any of that. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of the we know, you know, Jesus said you in the world you will have tribulation. So so we're in no way saying, you know, it's not gonna be really bad right. uh, before the rapture happens. Now right. it won't be as bad as it will be. That's true. That's um, true. But yeah, there's we're still probably gonna see some pretty bad stuff. Um but you know what he also said? He also said, Take heart, for I have overcome the world. Oh yeah. Right. And so even though we're gonna go through whatever tribulations we do go through, yeah. Take heart. He's overcome it all. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. What a great reminder. And uh, what a great hour that was. Thanks, Lucas. That was fun. Well, we always appreciate uh, our, our segments together and uh, uh, always looking forward to doing another one. So we're going to close out this book that we're studying now next Saturday night, correct? We'll get, yep. And then I think we're going to go ahead and continue on with Second Thessalonians after oh, that because the two, the two are so married together. Oh, they really are. Th- yeah. That you really should just do them together. So that's what yeah. we'll do. Absolutely. Sounds like a plan. So, dear listener, thank you for being with us tonight. Be with us next Saturday night when we could continue on and close out the book of First Thessalonians and move on to Second Thessalonians. Um, and also be with us next Saturday morning with Pastor Dick and Tuesday mornings with Dr. J.B. Hickson. Man, do we have a lineup for you or what? Golly, there are a lot of people that, you know, don't get this kind of Bible teaching, but you, our listeners, do. Share it with somebody that you know will appreciate it. Yeah, share it with somebody who needs it. Uh, You know who they are. And it might give you an opportunity to witness to them. So share it. Share us with your friends and your neighbors. Hey, if you want to, you can even share us with your enemies, you know, if you have any. <laughs> so, so we appreciate you being with us. And thank you for listening in. And we will uh, we will see you again and, and visit with you this coming Tuesday morning with Dr. J.B. Hickson. So be there or be square. Until then, this is the Christian Underground News Network signing off and saying we love you, and uh, we pray that God blesses you for, for listening today. We'll see you Tuesday morning. Take care.